0: Well, that was a pretty good episode, wasn't it? I hope you all enjoyed it. So today, we're gonna go through the breakdown of it, and I'm gonna give my thoughts and theories on what could happen afterwards, as well as while we're doing the breakdown. So, here we go. We start the opening scene underwater, as we see this village and their gatherers and folk alike living peacefully fishing, building, until they hear a massive thud in the forest beyond. As birds scatter out and blaster fire erupts from the abyss, the scene is clouded by fog and debris as these alien beings called Clatoonians pillage the place. They honestly remind me of orcs. However, their species are called Clatoonians. A mother and her child stay hidden under the water as the chief general observes his men ransacking the place. Now, the mother and this child will become important to the story later on. With the scene's end, the mother and child are alive. We jump to the Mando's ship with baby Yoda as the Mando checks his comm system. Sorgen he says. No population density, no starport, no industrial centers, real black water hole. As he talks to little Yoda, he tells him, are you ready to lay down and stretch your legs for a couple of months? No one's going to find us here. This is the same planet that we saw in the opening of the episode where the village was being ransacked. And as we see the same village again, they look to the sky as the Mando's razor crest flies over them. So what we can see here is that the Mando's plan is basically to just hide out from the Empire and from all the bounty hunters that are trying to get him with the fobs, or rather trying to get the child. He figures this place is pretty dead so no one's really gonna find him here. As the Mando puts Baby Yoda in the ship and tells him not to move, he goes to leave when he notices the little guy is at his feet after explicitly telling him not to follow him and not to touch anything. This is a clear indication that the two are now forming a very strong, inseparable bond together. This is important for the storyline. As they walk through the little market-cantina type of area that they're in, we finally see Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. Now, she's a super cool character, I hope we get to see more of her, and her arc in this episode is absolutely epic. She, in fact, steals the show completely. Now, before we forget this little detail and Easter egg, we actually see a loth cat almost eat Baby Yoda. He sits and orders Porringer broth for Baby Yoda. As he orders, he asks how long Cara Dune has been there. The server says, nah, no more than a week, and she doesn't know what her business here is. As the Mando orders and the server moves, Cara disappears. He immediately gets up and activates his thermal vision, tracking her footsteps. As he turns the corner, she swings and hits him with her boots as they fight each other pretty hard until Cara gets the upper hand on him when the Mando is just about to activate his flamethrower stepping on his wrist he pulls her down and they both end up drawing upon each other in a stalemate as they stare at each other we hear some loud sips next to them when they look over in unison and see baby yoda sipping his or soup that's where he asks her if she wants some soup for herself as they're sitting down enjoying their meal cara dune tells the mando who she used to be she was a drop soldier for the rebellion She saw most action mopping up after Endor, mostly ex-Imperial warlords. They wanted it fast and quiet. And when the Imperials were gone, then all the politics started. She was an ex-Shock Trooper. Now, Shock Troopers were basically a special type of military personnel, used by various organizations, and in this case, she was part of the Rebel Alliance. They could either be police, or peacekeepers, or elite soldiers. Essentially, they were mercenaries. She tells him that she came at him so hard because she thought he had a fob on her, and she recognized his armor as being part of the guild. She sips her soup and says this place is like an early retirement for her, and since she was here first, He's gonna have to find another planet as she walks away the Mando looks at baby Yoda and says well looks like this planet's taken This makes me want to know more about Cara Dune's character Being an ex-shock trooper and a drop soldier for the rebellion I wonder what kind of stuff she must have seen just after Endor That's a time in Star Wars that I really want to know about and I guess you know We're seeing you know five years after that, but I really want to see what happened Pretty much right after that little celebration on Endor with the Ewoks and our heroes, particularly what happened with Luke of course. I hope one day we'll get that story, and I don't just mean in Shattered Empire, the comic. The next scene is the Mando coming to his ship at night, where two Krill farmers have been camping out next to it, waiting for him to come back. They run up to him and ask him for hire, telling him that their whole village was raided, so this is obviously the first village we saw at the beginning of the show. They offer him money, but he says it's not enough and shooes them away. As they say, they now have to go back to the middle of nowhere, He stops them dead in their tracks and says, wait, do you have lodging? They perk up and say yes. He takes the job because he figures it's a remote, unknown place in the middle of nowhere with food and lodging, and it's perfect for hiding from the galaxy and all the fobs activated on Baby Yoda. The Mando tracks down Cara Dune and intrigues her with the job. She accepts and joins in. They're taken to the village by carriage through nightfall, and when they arrive, the place seems very peaceful. Children run up to ogle over baby Yoda, and people just seem generally quite nice. The Mando gets his new home as the mother, whose name is Omara, who was the one protecting her child underwater at the start of the episode, is fixing it up for him. They exchange a few words, and the mother tells her child that this man is here to protect them. She continues to take care of him, bringing him food near nightfall as the sun sets. The daughter, named Winta, asks if she can feed baby Yoda, and as she does, Omara asks how long it's been since he took his helmet off in front of someone. He points to the children outside, telling her, I was no older than them. She seems very surprised and asks why it's been so long since he took it off in front of someone. He says, and thus revealing his backstory, finally, that his family was killed and Mandalorians took him in and made them one of their own as a child. So we now know the gist of the story, how he became a Mandalorian. You know, at least the general concept. The details will be revealed later, I'm sure. As he eats his meal, removing his helmet while no one else is around to see him, of course, he and Cara Dune walk around the village to get a better feel of what's going on. When they finally notice the footprints of an ATST, they immediately tell the village that they're not staying here. When the village begs, that's when the Mando tells them, maybe we can show them how to defeat it. Which I kind of felt was sort of weird, because the Mando was so against being anywhere near the Empire, but now all of a sudden he wants to help them. So, you know, maybe he just has a bit of a warm spot now. Cara Dune was a veteran. She was a drop soldier for the Rebellion. She tells them that the legs on an AT-ST are nearly indestructible, so they'll have to make a trap for it. Now, at this point, I'm getting some hardcore Return of the Jedi vibes, with the Ewoks and even some Shadows of the Empire vibes, which is one of my favorite old Star Wars games. As nightfall comes, the Mando and Cara stealthily go to the base of the Clantunians, taking out two of them near a campfire. This is where they proceed to plant explosives on the wall of one of their tents. As they take out a few more Clantunians, they blow the place up and run out. As an ATST rises from the forest with red glowing eyes. Now, this thing is pretty menacing and actually freaked me out when I saw it. Like, you can feel how terrorizing this thing is. It was pretty cool. It follows them back to the village as it continues to shoot at them. They're leading it to a trap. So, this is the whole point here. As Kara says to the village, this is it. Once it steps into the pond, it's going down. This is their trap. This is how they're gonna hope to take it down. However, the ATST stopped right before entering the pond. It saw it and knew the trap was set up for them. The ATSD fires at the village as Clantunians run in, weapons raised, reminding me of some barbaric tribe of the orcs or something like that. The Mando disintegrates a few of them with his pulse rifle, but there are too many of them. As Kara, or Kara, however you want to pronounce it, anyways, as Kara grabs the rifle, she runs into the pond and fires upon the ATSD, luring it in further. As it inches nearer to the pond, she keeps playing with it, hiding, then emerging to shoot at it. She's basically just a sitting duck at this point, and it's pretty dangerous. As she fires one shot into its eye, it takes one step closer to the edge of the pond and slips into the mud, completely falling in and collapsing. This is when the Mando quickly runs up to it and throws a detonator into its eye, blowing it up. The village takes out the Clantunians and rejoices in their victory. As Daybreak hits, it's now several weeks later when Baby Yoda is found hunting little frogs and attempting to eat one as the village children laugh and look disgusted, but love him all the same. Omara tells the Mando that Baby Yoda fits right in here with the village, that he's very happy here. Kara breaks the silence and asks him, so what happens if you take that thing off, indicating his helmet, asking if they'll come after him or something. He says, no, if I take it off, I can never put it back on. This is symbolizing the Mando tradition that you can't take your helmet off or reveal your identity to anyone around you. Of course you can take your helmet off, but only if no one is around. And if you do reveal your identity, then you've broken the code and you can no longer be a Mandalorian. You're forbidden from wearing it ever again. As the Mando tells Kara that traveling with him is no life for a child, he plans to leave him here on the planet with the village. Knowing that this is going to break his heart, but agrees that he'll get over it. Just as he says this, we see a fob beeping in the forest. Clearly a bounty hunter tracked them here and is trying to capture and kill Baby Yoda. As Omara tells the Mando that she wants him to stay here, we see the other bounty hunter in the forest aiming his crosshair on Baby Yoda's head. It's a pretty sad, intense moment as we hear a blast go off in the woods and we don't know what's going on with Yoda. We wonder if he actually killed him or not. However, the scene reveals that Cara Dune shot the hunter in its back. The Mando goes to her and crushes the fob, telling her that they're tracking the kid, as she tells him that they'll always keep coming for him. He agrees to leave. to take the child with him, vowing to protect him from everyone and thing that's hunting him down. In the words of Sensei Kreese, the real story has just begun. The Mando and Baby Yoda gear up to leave the village, as Cara Dune asks if he wants an escort. He refuses, and we end the scene with Baby Yoda's face, leaving the village on a cart with the Mando. So, what do I think will happen next? Well, there's a ton of things that could happen. What I think will eventually happen is that the story will now go towards the Mando devoting to protecting the child at all costs. Knowing that he can't lay low anymore, he can't go in, you know, off into some distant, remote planet somewhere and kick his feet up because the Empire has fobs on him, everyone's got fobs on him, and they're going to be coming after him, regardless of where he goes. Now, I wish he took Cara Dune with him. I think they had good chemistry together, and she's a really cool character. She's a very strong female lead. I could definitely see her being a very powerful help in the show. And, you know, I mean basically she just ran the entire episode and saved the day in this one. Now I think she's obviously going to be in a lot more episodes. I don't really see her being in this one and that's it. She's a pretty sweet character, so I think that would be a waste if they did that. Besides, they've hyped her up a lot in posters and stuff, so... I'm pretty sure she's gonna stick around. Now, I think in the next episode, we could see the Mando hunting down whoever is trying to kill the child, you know, going up the ladder to the top man. Seeing as, you know, now he can't lay low at all, like he first opened the episode with, which was his plan, just to chill out and, you know, hide out with Yoda on a remote planet, or I should say, baby Yoda. So now it really all begins. I hope we get to see him find out the truth behind all of this, whether it's Palpatine or, you know, his contingency plan in action or not. I'm dying to know what the deal is with this child. If he's a clone of Yoda, then why are his eyes brown instead of green like Master Yoda's? Hold up, now that I'm editing this and I can actually see Yoda's eyes, it seems like they're pretty brown to me. Maybe with a bit of, you know, like a hazel tint, but it's not far off. Is this a cloning defect or a genetic defect or is he not a clone after all? Are all Yoda species Force-sensitive? I also want to see more of Cara Dune, which i sure we're going to see in the following episodes. Stay tuned for many more Mandalorian videos coming this week, where I'm going to break down and explain a lot of the things to do with their history, their armor, his weapons, and so on and so forth. I hope you enjoyed the fourth episode and this fourth breakdown to go with it. Please leave a like if you did, and I'll see you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Now, fulfill your distance.